This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Hello and welcome. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, John Carlson and David Mader will return with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update, a look at some real estate myths, and lots more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this weekend. Tomorrow is October 1st, and that marks the beginning of flu shot season here in BC. The folks at Immunize BC remind us that every year over 3,500 Canadians die of influenza-related causes, and the surest remedy to prevent such an outcome is a simple flu shot, which protects others as well as yourself. There are exceptions, of course, but the recommendation is that everyone in Canada over the age of six months should be vaccinated. Flu season, typically November through April, but now is the time to get prevention started. In BC, influenza vaccines are provided free to people at high risk, such as young children, pregnant women, the elderly, and people with certain medical conditions, along with those who provide essential community services. Some employers also provide free flu shots. And for those who aren't covered for free flu shots, they can be purchased at a very reasonable price at most pharmacies and some doctor's offices. Oh, and if you're one of those who simply hates and or cannot tolerate needles, the nasal spray option is available again this year. And the research is it's as effective as it's more prickly version. Either way, it's time to start thinking and getting flu shots. Lots more helpful info at immunizebc.ca. We've been following this story for months and by now, and here's the latest. WestJet says its new no-frills lower fare airline will be named Swoop. WestJet has been gradually revealing the details of its new carrier since April. Last month, WestJet said the new airline would begin service next summer, rather than late this year, as they initially announced. Then the airline said it didn't expect to get the proper paperwork done until the first quarter of next year. And this week... WestJet said the new carrier, Swoop, will reveal its schedule early next year and begin flights next June. And besides announcing the new name, WestJet said it plans to start advanced ticket sales in early 2018. And let's stick with the airlines for this next story, too, because it's one that we're likely to revisit someday and say, what was he thinking? The CEO of American Airlines said this week the airline industry, quote, is never going to lose money again, close quote. Doug Parker is the guy's name, and this swagger comes in the face of the financial reality that all major U.S. carriers, with the exception of Southwest, have gone through some form of bankruptcy or restructuring over the past 15 years. So why is Doug so optimistic? Well, first of all, he admits there will be good and bad years, but points to the many new ways airlines have invented to make themselves more profitable. And let's look at that WestJet story we just told you about as an example. Sure, you're going to pay less for your seat, but absolutely anything else you want on that flight will cost you extra. From reserving that seat to checking any baggage and other add-ons as well will cost you extra. In the States, those add-ons now add up 
to over $7 billion a year. Then there are the deals that airlines make with banks and credit card companies for rewards miles. Those carriers don't just give those miles away for free. Rather, they charge a few cents each, and those pennies add up with bigger banks buying billions of miles each month, to the point where some airlines may now be making more money from selling miles than they are from selling tickets. Still, you get the feeling that Doug's brash prediction may come back to bite him somewhere extremely uncomfortable in the future. Some news from Apple this week that may prove to be a disappointment for those expecting to buy a new iPhone X on November 3rd. Production problems may mean shortages when those pricey new phones go on sale. The problem is with the facial recognition technology and shortages one part in that system. Notice that the iPhone X didn't join the iPhone 8 and iPhone 8 Plus in going on sale this week, specifically because of this problem. Now, Apple is concerned delays beyond November 15th and into the holiday season may cause some users to switch brands and move away from the phone. When finally available, the iPhone X will still set you back 1049 US or about 1270 Canadian. Oh, and we know the Dyson name as makers of really expensive and really effective vacuum cleaners, but this week, the company's founder, Sir James Dyson, announced his firm has been quietly assembling a team of over 400 people and set to invest over £2 billion into creating and producing a battery electric vehicle due to launch in 2020. Yes, a Dyson car. Dyson wouldn't say much about the technology involved due to a fiercely competitive marketplace, hello Tesla, but he did say he expects his new company to grow quickly. The concern over air pollution from cars has been a Dyson project since 1990 when they built a filter that fit right into a car's exhaust system in the tailpipe. There wasn't enough interest then, so the company shelved the idea. A few years ago, still committed to finding solutions to pollution problems, the company quietly set aside a small dedicated group to begin the process of developing a battery for a future electric vehicle. Dyson says it's now well beyond finding a solution in the tailpipe. It's time for a new electric car. No mention of partner arrangements or many details at all this week, except to say 2020 is the target date. So how far away can an electric street cleaner be? Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later in the show, and we'll have a steel report for you as well. But up next, it's the very latest news on real estate in Metro Vancouver from John and Dave, the guys at 1% Realty. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. And welcome back to the program. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. On this Saturday afternoon, I'm Sterling Fox, and I'm here with David Mater, Personal Real Estate Corporation, and John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, with 1% Realty, two of the top real estate agents in Greater Vancouver. These are experienced guys with over a 1,000 combined sold homes under their belt, and they're here to talk about the market and to lift the veil off the world of real estate commissions in Greater Vancouver. John and Dave, welcome. Welcome back. Good to see you both. Hey, Sterling. How are you? Good afternoon. And we got the Personal Real Estate Corporation, John, out of the way. That's a pro forma thing that you are required to say every show, aren't you? Absolutely. We uh, we are uh, uh, incorporated and we do business as personal real estate corporations. Now, over 1,000 homes, David. Over how many years? You've been a, 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 a member of 1% Realty for, is it 12 or 13 years now? Uh, about 12, actually, just oh. over. Okay. Yeah. So, you, uh, so since you have started with 1% Realty, you and John together have sold over a thousand homes. 
That's remarkable. Yeah, together uh, we've sold an awful lot of properties, um, really ranging from condos, townhomes, houses, acreages, you name it. Mm-hmm. If people live in it, we've probably sold it. Uh, and uh, ranging really all, ac- all across the Lower Mainland, uh, we focus a lot in the Valley, Maple Ridge, Pitt Meadows, Tri-Cities, Mission, um, Langley, Abbotsford, Surrey, that kind of thing. But really anywhere anybody has a property to sell, we'd be happy to talk with them. Okay. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the 1% realty business model. And then we'll get to a couple of those myths that I promised we'd stick a balloon in a little later on. But 1% realty, uh, well, David, you you, you tend to explain this ever so eloquently. So I'm just going to turn it over to you in terms of the 1%. The company is called 1% Realty for a reason. Sure. Um, So really... What we do at 1% Realty, we provide all the same types of services that people would expect to get pretty much anywhere else. The difference is just in the fee structure. Right Now, there's no such thing as a set commission rate in Canada. You can't set commissions. They do vary. But what's really common, in particular in the lower mainland area, is 7% on the first 100,000 and 2.5% on the balance. Those are numbers we're pretty familiar with. Yeah. 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 And of course, it's going to vary from agent to agent, but that's really common. Yeah. What we do instead is we charge a, a flat fee. So anything that sells under $600,000, whether it's a condo or a house or whatever, um, we charge a flat fee of $6,950, plus GST, of course. There's okay. always taxes on commissions. Anything over six hundred, one percent 1% of the sale price, plus nine fifty. So how would that compare then? For instance, that $500,000 condo uh, in New Westminster, um, our commission would be sixty nine fifty. Um, at seven and two and a half, uh, folks would be paying somewhere around $17,000. So that would be a savings of about $10,000 plus GST mm-hmm. um, for that million-dollar house. Well, our commission is going to be around eleven grand uh, versus seven and two and a half, which would be about nineteen. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, twenty nine. Right, twenty nine and a half. So you're 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 looking savings about nineteen to twenty thousand dollars plus taxes. Um, and for that, we do all the same types of things that you'd expect: full MLS service, Realtor.ca, open houses, full contract negotiation, all documentation, coordinating with lawyers and notaries, handing keys over to the buyers on possession everything's included so it's that that full meal deal right uh, the difference is that our clients simply walk away with more money in their pocket due to commission savings most of the time right and john you had a great story you told us last week about uh, a former realtor who had called you heard the program on the radio had called you up out of the blue and said you know uh, I'd, I'd like you to, to sell my home and this yeah. is a person who knows the business from the inside looking out. And when her turn came to sell her home and save some money on commission, being a professional in the real estate industry, she realized she could keep just that much more money in her bank account. So why not? Why not? And it's not the first time that Dave and I have worked with uh, you know former agents or even you know current agents. But uh, yeah, that was a great story. It was really an honor, really, to get a call from somebody who'd spent many years in the business as a top performer. And mm-hmm. you know, Dave and I um, took the listing. It went great. She's happy. And uh, yeah, on to the next one. <laughs> well, and, but it's, it's, it validates what Dave was saying because if real estate or former agents, professionals with a lot of years under their belts are able to recognize when, it, when push comes to shove and it's my money we're talking about, well, I'm going to keep as much of it as possible like anyone else would. Absolutely. And sure, we're, we're all consumers at one time or another. And I don't think Dave and I are any different from most people out there. We, we want to get good value. It doesn't mean we want the cheapest product. It right. doesn't mean we want uh, inferior products or services. But I think people want value. And a Dave and I value means uh, you know, a good commission rate that people uh, can feel good about 
about paying compared to some of the other options, but also value means a good product and a good service. And Dave and I recognize we'd be nothing without having the experience that we have and the dedication that we have to, uh, to doing the job for our clients. So, um, yeah, there's skepticism sometimes out there, but when push comes to shove, people want value. Yeah. And that's what Dave and I offer. I think that, you know, I spent many years at, at these other companies and mm-hmm. there's great agents at those other companies and the commission rates tend to differ quite a bit, as Dave mentioned, from what we charge. Um, so, this is just another option, and Dave and I went in uh, into this business with the feeling that we were not going to cut corners. We were not going to sacrifice. We were not going to offer people a lesser product or service. We were just going to charge less, and that's been a great business decision for us because we've got lots of past clients who are very happy referring us business, and every day we're out talking to people and working with them to get their home sold. And for a full look at the at the comprehensive business model and how those numbers that Dave was talking about shake out and how they might affect you where you you to list their your home with with one percent it's on the website save with john and it's right there scroll down about halfway literally halfway down the home page and there's this wonderful grid that says how much will you save it gives some typical property value numbers then they quote you a price for the one percent realty commission right beside is it rather is what most other brokers would charge and then the last column is the best one it's the money you get to keep dave with all of this in mind how's biz these days give us a vancouver market real estate update we usually start with that in the conversation we just uh, are going to get to it now how's how's biz this week what's going on around metro vancouver real estate wise well john and i have been really busy over the last couple of months the market continues to be strong uh, what has driven the market over the last say six to eight months really has been uh, the affordable segment of the market. And when we say affordable, we're talking, you know, condos, townhomes, affordable detached properties. Certainly we've seen higher end detached properties kind of balance out a little bit. It's a more balanced market, which um, can be a little bit more relaxing if you're on the buying side. Right. You're not necessarily up against 10 offers every time you go out and make an offer on something. Uh, that all said, in particular in um, a little bit further east, uh, Fraser Valley areas, uh, Maple Ridge, Pitt Meadows, um, we're talking about a detached market that remains quite strong because they're still affordable compared to some of the properties, you know, say in Vancouver or Richmond, which tend to be, you know, kind of higher priced mm-hmm. than those ones. So certainly the market's really strong still, um, and we anticipate strong demand. We're seeing a lot of pent-up demand still. Um, you know, I think the reality is that Vancouver uh, continues to be a very desirable area. We still have people coming from all over the place. Sure. Uh, we have, what, a vacancy rate, uh, which is n- next to nothing, mm-hmm. right? People have to have a roof over their head. There's limited supply, high demand. So that's going to be, I think, a positive thing for the market overall. Yeah, John, you, you folks, as David just mentioned, do a lot of work in the in the Tri-Cities, in Mission, Pitt Meadows, in the Fraser Valley, in Surrey. And so I think Part of the message here, is, as I'm reading between Dave's lines, might be in terms of affordability, because that's really the key to all of this, especially for young first-time buyers. If you're prepared to drive a little, then you can still find a single detached house that is still within reach. Absolutely. Uh, you know, every buyer is different, of course, but there's a, a large segment of the market, maybe young families who want that piece of dirt. They want their yard. They want their own house. Yeah. And when that gets unaffordable in Vancouver, Burnaby, Richmond areas, sometimes they move out to Tri-Cities, uh, you know, Maple Ridge, Pitt Meadows, Mission. Uh, you know, on that note, I'd like to congratulate Jen and Tristan and their new little boy, Talon. I can tell you he's a very cute little guy. Just 
the night before last, we removed conditions on a purchase in Mission. Oh, okay. And these are typical buyers who are looking for a good property in a good location in an affordable range. And I find a lot of a lot of um, a lot of our clients, you know, go out that way. Dave and I work with buyers just like we do with sellers, right? Um, and uh, we find that these areas are pretty popular for young families who want to have um, a place to play and a yard and a garage to park in. And, and so, when these with these young family that you're just talking about, did they move from a strata property and finally onto that? private personal piece of dirt they've been looking for? Well, um, I, I never talk about the particulars, but okay. these are past clients of mine. I okay. worked with them maybe three years ago, and it was a pleasure working for them then. And now uh, they called me back when uh, the times had changed and they were looking for another property. So congratulations to them. That's exactly. Now, David, working on behalf of buyers is as important a part of your job as it is working for sellers. How much of, how much of time do you spend uh, working for buyers versus working for sellers? Because you're an in-demand company. I'm curious about this. Sure. Well, uh, most folks, when they sell, they got to go somewhere course, to live, right? right. And, and so they become a buyer. It's true. Now, that said, uh, a lot of sellers, um, you know, depending on where they are in life, will choose to move out of the area altogether, in which case we may refer them out. Um, you know, and so that's... Uh, something that we deal with all the time. Uh, all, often, sometimes uh, buyers will move to, you know, Comox or sure. Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. If it's an area that we don't work in, then we will generally find an agent from our brokerage uh, who services that area. Also, so they can still enjoy the one percent business model in another part of the province. That's exactly right. So, if someone is is listening to us right now and uh, they're in an area outside of the Lower Mainland where you know where John and I uh, service mostly, uh, feel free to call us. We'd be happy to hook you up with someone in your area from our brokerage that can offer you the same type of deal on the selling side with the one percent realty business model and also help you find a property to purchase. Interesting stuff. And John, you wanted to add something? Well, yeah. Along that note. People might say, how does this work? And uh, there's another happy story I'd like to share if I have a minute. Yeah, you do. And then uh, we'll, we'll take a break and for the news here. Sure. Jan, I w- actually, I think we need to take a break for the news right now. Sorry, John, I'm going I'm to gonna hold that happy story and the good news for just uh, a few moments for NW News, which is next. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox in studio, David Mater and John Carlson from 1% Realty. These two fellows have sold over a thousand homes uh, in the in recent times in Vancouver. Experienced, capable, knowledgeable real estate agents. And John, at the beginning of the program, we promised we were going to stick a balloon in a, in a pin, rather, in one of those myth balloons, perhaps more than one. Let's start with the big one. Uh, if you are a lower commission charging outfit, 1% Realty, then the myth could very well be, and people could go there pretty quickly, that other agents who charge greater commission rates are probably not going to want to cooperate and show your properties when they're up for sale. Can you stick a a pin in that balloon? Absolutely. Um, You know, this is the number one biggest uh, concern that we get when people call us over or want to talk about 1% Realty or how we work. They hear somewhere, I'm not sure where, that maybe if you don't put a big enough commission on your property that other agents won't show it, you won't get any action and you won't sell. Uh, Well, boy, there's a lot of ways to address this one, but um, let me throw a few ideas out there to people. Number one, uh, real estate is in the air. We breathe MLSs out there. Everybody knows where the listings are. So I don't think buyers are, are as concerned about what the 
commission offered to another agent is. And buyers want to see properties, and buyers drive the market. It's not about realtors anymore uh, in terms of uh, telling buyers where the properties are. Buyers know where they are. Sure. So to think that your property wouldn't get exposure, you know, that's kind of silly. And practically speaking, in my seven years' experience at this company, I can tell you it's not true. Uh, agents are also ethical people, and they understand that when they have a buyer they're working with as a client in a client relationship, they owe that buyer the duty to show them all available properties that may meet their needs. Right. So, you know, our listings get shown by everyone. Uh, our, our listings sell. There's no difference in my statistics from when I was at some of these other companies to now that I'm at 1% Realty. So I just ask, you know, people who hear these sorts of things to maybe just consider, uh, would it stop you from looking at a property? Uh, uh, if there's a 1% Realty sign on the front yard compared to somebody else's sign, uh, I, I, just don't, I just don't think that's the case. So... Uh, the other thing is you don't really need to uh, entice people to a lot of properties by throwing a great big commission. I mean, I don't mind paying, and my sellers don't mind paying an agent for the job of getting a property sold. Of course. The question is, where do you draw the line? Right. Is it 6000 Is it 20000 We offer people a platform to go on MLS with two good agents and get their property sold and simply just pay less commission than most of the competitors. Interesting stuff. Now, Dave, uh, the second myth that I wanted to address actually goes back to something you've already mentioned in the first segment uh, this afternoon. And that's this. You, you talked about 1% being a full-service realty company. You provide exactly the same degree and number of services to clients that other real estate organizations do. However... It's pretty easy to see people in terms of myths about 1% realty that, well, I'm paying less. I'm paying less. You can go to the website, save with John and Dave, and see how much less you'll pay. Uh, because we're, we're pretty trained consumers. We're pretty knowledgeable people. Uh, it's, a, it's 2017. We're cynical people. So uh, the myth would be because you pay less, you're going to get less. That's the rule of finance, isn't it? Well, uh, in context, so um, the the biggest, uh, I think, hesitation that people sometimes have uh, with calling us is, again, uh, trying to address these myths, and sometimes it prevents them from actually just calling us and sitting down with them so we can explain exactly what they can expect with us. Right. Um, the reality is, is after we sit down with them, most folks decide to go ahead and list with us because we're able to, you know, uh, allay these concerns. Um with regards to the the services that we offer and provide, and do, will people get less? Um, in fact, the services that we offer are pretty much identical to the services that uh, folks can expect to get almost anywhere else. Um, you know, uh, the most important place to be advertised these days is MLS, Realtor.ca. Of right. course, there's lots of other places that you can be listed uh, and advertised, but. Um, the reality is that the majority of buyers are looking on Realtor.ca and connected websites. And so, of course, we do a full uh, Realtor.ca listing. Um, we have a professional photographer that does full photo shoots. In fact, we've just introduced this past year these dollhouse virtual tours okay. uh, where people can actually just walk around your house with a point of, an, uh, a point of the, the mouse and uh, walk upstairs, downstairs, even onto decks and patios. Mm -hmm. It's really quite something. It's kind of cutting edge technology. Um, we have um, uh, a full support team that takes care of calls and administrative work and paperwork and that kind of thing. Um, we coordinate with your lawyer and your notary to make sure that everything's taken care of for closing. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we help you negotiate the offers, get the conditions off, make sure the deposit is taken, hand the keys off to the buyers on possession. The thing is, is if there's something else uh, that other agents do that we don't do, we'd love to know what those are. Right. Uh, and John is a great example because, you know, I've always worked at 1% Realty. I always, you know, thought the business model was a great idea. But John had worked at other brokerages, and like he, he just finished saying, he doesn't really see uh, much difference in his stats, but I'm sure he'd agree with me. There's not really a heck of a lot of services he was providing providing before that he doesn't now. No, right, absolutely not. We do everything. I do everything. And Dave and I do everything now that I used to do at other companies. Right. And uh, one thing I'll add to what David has mentioned is the the skill level, the ability of an agent. It, it's not necessarily about what you charge for commission, but I think that you definitely, if you're selling a home, you want an agent who has experience and particularly a lot of recent experience in selling homes who probably knows the market in your area better than others since you know the recent activity. Because a good agent with lots of recent activity tends to be pretty sharp in terms of going over contracts and uh, is probably in a better position to defend your price when the offers come in. Because buyers want to get a great deal, nothing wrong with that. And sellers want to sell for the best terms they can get. And uh, to really uh, to get your full potential on the market, I really strongly believe that you need an agent who has the experience and the understanding and the wherewithal to represent you at a high level. Right, and and uh, that's why I keep saying uh, they're, they're be sitting across the table from me are two real estate agents who over the years have sold well over a thousand homes, David. This is not fiction, it's fact. And you guys are busy, actively involved in the in the marketplace on literally a daily basis. You're, you're, uh, that level of activity, that degree of involvement on a daily basis matters to clients, uh, particularly those, John, I, I would think, who are anxious to move their properties quickly. Sure, absolutely. If you want to sell quickly, uh, Dave and I can you know, give you the strategy to, to do that and probably realize a very good sale. Uh, David, anything on that? Well, you know, this kind of leads us to one of the other myths that we often hear, and that is, you know, if, if you're good agents, why would you intentionally take less money mm-hmm. for a sale? Like, you know, John, you used to work for another brokerage and you used to charge a lot more. Why would you charge less now? What's wrong, right? And and the reality is, this is something that I saw when I first started in the bro- uh, in the business, and that was that it's not that I want to make less money. Um, I want to do very well, right. but I want to do it by selling more properties charging more what I deem to be reasonable amounts, right? And if you look at, you know, some of the biggest businesses in the world, they do it by volume sales, sure. you know, some of those big box retailers, well, uh, they'll, they'll sell that same product to you for less money than you would otherwise get down the block at that smaller store. But they do just fine. They do better than most because they sell so many exactly. products. Right. Well, it's very similar with us. We sell a lot of properties. Um, so the reality is that we can afford to charge less uh, because we sell so many more and we do just fine. So it's a different business model. We think it's a much more fair model uh, for the consumer. So we do well our, our, and our clients are quite happy. Now, in terms of a full-service real estate agency, uh, and, and, and again, going to the myth of, well, if you're paying less, you're going to get less, I strongly recommend you visit SaveWithJohnAndDave.com. It's an excellent website full of all sorts of wonderful tips and, and recommendations and helpful reminders, that sort of thing. But it also allows you to go through the sorts of services that these two uh, agents offer. And it's very comprehensive and at, at least 
as good as anything you'll find on anybody else's website around town. 604-265-8280 is the number. 604-265-8280. And, John, I bring this up because... uh, because since you and Dave have started uh, visiting us on Vancouver Consumer, your phones have been a lot busier but with calls from NW listeners. And I'm really thrilled about that part because that means people are listening to the program and paying attention to the message. Absolutely. They all want to know how Sterling's doing, and I tell them <laughs> Sterling's doing great. Uh, but yes. Appreciate the concern. <laughs> yes. Uh, like for instance, I was going to tell a quick story about Jan. Thank you very much. Jan in Surrey. Wonderful. Heard us on the radio. Gave us a call. Uh, we oh, this got, is a story you're going to tell before the news. Yeah, right? okay, exactly. Right. And I just want to congratulate Jan, but also let people know how this works. You know, Jan and I had a meeting. He, we talked about strategy. We talked about price. He decided it was good if we could try to get a multiple offer situation. Well, seven days later, multiple offer situation. He's sold. Uh, he's happy with the price. I want to wish him well. And this weekend now, we've set him up with one of our colleagues, a 1% realtor out on Vancouver Island, because that's where his move is. So oh. we're looking after both sides of this. And I just want to congratulate and let also let people know, if you're listening to us now, you're thinking of selling, you want to meet us, we can come out and talk to you and give you all the information you might need. And we have lots of good references too. And the fellow that's moving to Vancouver Island with the the assistance of some of your colleagues over there. What sort of property did you sell for him? He has a townhouse in Surrey. Okay. Yeah, and it was in that 450 price range, and that's a hot segment in the market right now. Lots of buyers out there. In fact, we had five unsuccessful buyers, so I know there are still buyers out there. You're thinking of selling a townhouse in Surrey? Give us a call. Right. Now, David, back to the full-service uh, realty uh, notion for a few moments, and, and John has just used the word three times in the last sentence, and it's key. It's strategy. It's the, the methods by which you, the professional realtor, are going to sell this property for this client. How many clients are even aware of strategy and the need to sit down and have a solid one in place before putting that sign on the lawn? Well, with the way the market has been over the last year and a half or two years, you know, everybody knows uh, the neighbor that just got three offers or six offers right. or whatnot, right? So I think it's kind of more present in people's minds now. How about how are we going to sell properties? You know, it's not uncommon to see a property listed way less than you think it should be listed for, but you know that the seller isn't planning on taking anywhere near the list price. You see this all the time. You still see it all the time. Right. In particular, like condos, townhomes, you see properties listed you know, $100,000 less than you know they're going to sell for sometimes just because they're trying to garner all sorts of offers. So I think that strategy uh, is kind of top of mind. It's just the way it is in the Vancouver market. But certainly... Um, having agents that are routinely out there selling properties like John and I, uh, we're able to recommend the best strategy for your segment and for your area because you can't paint it all with one brush. Every area is a little bit different. Every segment of the market is a little bit different. And it's not a cookie cutter strategy thing. It's not something you go to page 13 of the real estate agent's <laughs> book and, and this is the strategy page. This is what we're going to do. Each client and each property, John, requires some specific attention. That's right because the needs of each client could be different also. Different timing issues and different so so yes it's it's an individual strategy i suppose you could say it's tailored to you but uh, really we sit down and we tell the truth as we understand it right. about the market about your property and about what we think the best way to go about it is and in the end uh you know the clients it's their home it's their money and they're going to decide 
Right, but I, can, I would imagine in some cases there's a strategy suggested that may not be the, the proper approach, and there's a little education involved. That's part of the process too, isn't it, Dave, with the client, bringing them up to speed with market conditions? No question. Uh, when we go out and uh, sit down with somebody to give an evaluation to them, uh, usually we will uh, ask them all sorts of questions to find out exactly what their needs are, suggest the best strategy, and then go from there. Take in account all sorts of feedback. Uh, any open houses to talk about uh, this weekend, fellas? Uh, you usually have something going on on Sunday afternoons. What about tomorrow? Yeah, we do. Uh, so we have an open house at uh, our listing at Unit 318-2477 Kelly Avenue. That's in Port Coquitlam. Okay. It's a two-bedroom condo uh, located within walking distance to Gates Park, Coquitlam River, Shaughnessy Shopping District. Uh, fantastic 1,000-square-foot unit. Uh, listed at four sixty nine nine. Open house one to three p.m. tomorrow. Okay, and John, have you got anything on file? I do. One to three p.m. Sunday. I've got an open house on Mar- Mariner uh, Way, twenty nine eighty Mariner Way. It's unit number ten. It's a three or four bedroom townhouse. It's listed at five ninety nine nine. It's about seventeen hundred square feet with triple parking. Sunday, 1 to 3, come and see us. A lot of space out there in Coquitlam on Mariner Way. John Carlson and David Mater from 1% Realty. The number of friends, give them a call. They're, they're about to be off the radio. 604-265-8280. 604-265-8280. And if you didn't get it written down, go to savewithjohnanddave.com. It's all there for you. Thanks, guys. We'll see you again soon. Thank Thanks, you. Darling. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson and David Mater from 1% Realty for another informative visit. Next week, we'll have a delicate but necessary chat with the folks from MB Funerals, and we look forward to your calls as well. Time now for The Steel Report, and today, Linda talks the cost of traveling in Canada. I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steele Report. A new survey by Capital One says Canadians spend an average of $250 a day when they're traveling to another Canadian city. This survey takes into account hotels, dining, and entertainment. Jenny Rodriguez with Global News says Quebec City is the most expensive city, while Winnipeg is the most affordable. Quebec City clocked in as the priciest. You can expect to spend around $350 a day. And Winnipeg was the most affordable of them all, with a daily budget of about $245. Rodriguez suggests avoiding major cities if you're trying to stick to a budget. For a more affordable alternative to traveling within Canada this year, think about skipping the city and try something more off the beaten path. Rodriguez warns that this survey didn't include any attractions or souvenirs, which would undoubtedly add to your budget. I'm Linda Steele, and that's your Steele Report. Thanks, Linda. Steel and Drex, weekdays 2 to 6 on News Talk 980 CKNW. A couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. Human beings say and do a lot of stupid things when trying to connect romantically. We always have. Before the Internet, aside from literature, there were no records. But now, dating sites like Tinder now have huge amounts of data on their users. But are they concerned about keeping it safe? Well, Judith Duportail, a reporter for the British newspaper, rather, The Guardian, wanted to get some idea of exactly what information Tinder had about her use of the dating app. Using European Union data protection laws, which, by the way, allow every EU citizen to request data from Tinder or other online services, she did request, though she probably now wishes she hadn't. What Judith got back from Tinder was more than 800 pages of data, including her name, 
Facebook likes, the age rank of men she was interested in, the 870 matches she'd made with different people, and the 1,700 conversations she'd had with those matches. As I flicked through page after page of my data, I felt guilty, she wrote. I was amazed by how much information I was voluntarily disclosing. The data revealed more about her than Judith realized she'd even divulged, such as having had copy-pasted the same joke to multiple matches or talked to several people at one time. Security experts say unknowingly handing over these details is a result of consumers being lured into giving away all this information by apps simply because consumers can't feel data. This is why seeing everything printed strikes you, say the security pros. We're physical creatures. We need materiality. And in Judah's case, 800 pages all about you is pretty material. And as for the security information, it's not guaranteed, but Tinder is pretty upfront about this. According to their privacy policy, users should not expect that your personal information, chats, or other communications will always remain secure. Close quote. So why is all this information necessary? According to Tinder, the data is used to personalize the experience for each of our users around the world. So despite this, the company couldn't provide details on how it personalized the experience using this information, saying its matching tools are proprietary and exclusive and can't be shared. Security analysts say the data is also likely used for targeted advertising, providing users with ads and other products geared towards your behaviors. Those same security researchers told The Guardian that Tinder isn't the only company that's using so much personal information. Your personal data affects who you see, first on Tinder, yes, but also what job offers you have access to on LinkedIn, how much you'll pay for insuring your car, which ads you're likely to see on TV, and even if you can arrange for a loan. This is part of the world's transition into a place where data will decide larger facets of your life. The evidence in Judith's experience suggests we're already pretty far down that road. So if you're feeling chatty today, and stay off the internet, or at least be very careful about what and how much you say. Think of it like being outdoors anywhere in the city. If you are, you're on camera. So behave accordingly. Oh, and then there's this story. Police in Illinois, just north of Chicago, investigating reports of a vehicle driven into a pond probably didn't expect the trail to lead to a Walmart bathroom. They arrived at 2 in the morning to find an SUV submerged in a pond, determined it had been stolen from the neighborhood, no specs, suspects rather available. Three hours later, they get a call from the town's 24-hour Walmart. Two suspicious young men had entered the store wearing wet clothes, purchased new clothing with a stolen credit card, and then went to a bathroom to get changed. Detectives discovered they had arrived at the store in a Jeep Wrangler stolen from a town 20 miles away and were able to connect them to the other sunken SUV, too. In both cases, the vehicle's owners had left the keys in the cars. The message here, don't leave your keys in the cars and take your valuables with you. That is our program for today, produced by Ben Dooley with Matt Hyland at the controls. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer, right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.
WCKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.